There are 658 days until the 2024 presidential election. Seems like a long time, but it's going to sneak up on us. And I am so thrilled to welcome to today's edition of the Mary Trump Show Nerd Avengers, our special guest, Karen Hunter, journalist, publisher, author, and host of the most excellent Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. And so, Karen, it is wonderful to have you join us. An honor, an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, you kidding? I, I think this is going to be a blast. And of course, Norm, uh, fellow Nerd Avenger, so happy to have you here. I know you've been busy, <laughs> perhaps. A little too busy, but never yeah. too busy for Mary Trump. Oh, right back at you. Um, so, you know, as usual, nothing much is going on. <laughs> so there, I think the main thing I wanted to focus on today what is the documents yeah. uh, kerfuffle, uh, debacle, whatever. Um, and not so much the difference between the two cases, although that's important and we need to tease those out, but sort of issues surrounding that. Uh, for example, David Rothkopf wrote a great piece uh, about the foundational problem, which is too many documents are classified <laughs> improperly or not declassified when they should be. So we've got trillions of pieces of paper floating around. And the con the consequences of mishandling them, even accidentally, are so severe that it like stresses people out and it freaks them out and all this other stuff. And um, you know, creates situations in which they get forgotten and locked in the wrong location and or accidentally put in a different folder and take it home. So, so that's part of it. Uh, and then Joyce Vance also had a piece in which she pointed out that um, one of the uh, issues here is that um, that there's procedure that needs to be followed, and only one person we're talking about actually followed it. <laughs> so, um, Karen, we are once it it feels like. Deja vu all over again. This happens all the time. Republicans do something egregious, illegal, unconstitutional. Democrats do some very pale version of that, which really, you know, people say it's like comparing apples to oranges. I think it's like comparing apples to tarantulas, right? They're, they're not even in the same uh, realm of seriousness. And yet we're told that that means that what the Republicans did is also not so bad. Can you help me understand no, how I, this keeps I, happening? No, I cannot. I'm incapable of explaining insanity. So <laughs> I tend to not focus on it. I, that's my my defense is to not focus on it. I have not spent um, maybe five minutes. I have not spent five minutes on my radio show talking about these documents hmm. the way I didn't talk about Hillary's e emails because I thought, right. that, you know, I feel like we give oxygen to things that don't deserve it. And by our reaction to it and even bringing it into the conversation, we have made an equivalency. And unfortunately, well, I mean, I no, just go, go, go. Go. No, I feel unfortunately, we we live in this space where whoever has the microphone and is able to 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 tell the lie over and over and over and over and over again puts you on defense. So now you're defending the lie instead of just saying that's a lie. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna talk about the bad water in Baltimore. And I'm gonna talk about the you know maybe reparations that's happening in San Francisco. I'm gonna talk about the things that will impact people's lives every day because these uh, documents are not going to feed people and make people uh, housed who are unhoused. That is absolutely true. Um, I, the only caveat I would add is that I'm not I'm actually not talking about Joe Biden's documents. I'm talking about the fact that the Biden documents that were found procedure was followed, you know, he said something. Yeah, he brought it to the forefront. Yeah. Shouldn't shouldn't be an issue. I the the fact that a special prosecutor was was a uh, Appointed is also oh. a problem. I'm I'm more concerned about the fact that it's changing the subject away from accountability for the criminals. And I think that's part of a larger issue in this country, which I think you and I spoke about recently on your incredible show, which is that when people like Donald Trump 
and his enablers don't get held accountable because um, the attorney general doesn't have the guts or uh, because a Democrat does some some completely uh, legal version of the same illegal thing they did. Um, we end up in a situation where people like him and his enablers and his followers and and people in his administration who should be in you know, should not be anywhere near the levers of power, continue not only to be near the levers of power, but continue to accrue power. And uh, I think that that's what makes for such a dangerous situation. It's not Joe Biden had some documents. It's um, because I agree with you. The fact that that's getting so much attention is making my head explode. It, it turns us away from what is really important. And uh, it, it, does, as you say, take oxygen away from these incredibly important issues like what is happening in Jackson, Mississippi um, and what is happening with voting rights and all all of that. But by leaving people like Donald Trump at the head of the Republican Party, yeah, but you know, we are just heading towards a situation where not only will those things continue to get, to get kicked down the road, um, they're going to get worse. Are they? So I have a question. Sure. How much, how much of this lack of attention paid on holding people accountable who mm, stormed the Capitol, defiled, you know, various people's offices, threatened the vice president, threatened to kill the vice president, actually killed a police officer and several others. Um, how much of that is the American people's appetite uh, to shrug and move on? Yeah, but, but that's, I think that that is that's sort of the foundational problem, right? That that we whether it's through lack of education, um, you know, uh, an egregious mis um, mistelling of history, you know, all of the things we allied, all of the things we won't, you know, quote unquote, subject our children to, i.e., the truth. Um, we set up this system, uh, Norm, in which people don't have the patience for it. Uh, people just think, well, you know, that happened, but we've got to move on because, you know, that would be looking back and we need to look forward. And again, that's the say that's played out time after time after time. So I think that it's, you know, a, a, a large segment of our population has been primed to think that consequences, asking for consequences, that's the problem. So let me uh, first talk a little bit about the press role in all of this. Um, and referring to the documents, CNN, uh, when this story first emerged and at the beginning looked entirely like a nothing burger, basically spent about 20 times as much coverage going wall to wall on it that first day as anybody else, and uh, without caveats, basically, at that point. Um, and that signals something to people. It signals that this is a big story. Now, the push, you know, the sort of rollback a little bit later, well, these aren't comparable. It's already too late. Right. Yeah. So there's a, a real press role in this, but it gets to your larger point, Mary. Um, E.J. Dion, Tom Mann, and I wrote in 2017 that, Trump fends off one scandal with another scandal and another scandal and another scandal. And the fact is the public pays attention to scandals, real or imagined, when they're emphasized over and over again, when it finally penetrates and it's, oh, this must be a big deal. And if you have a scandal that emerges and it's one day story because the next day there's another one, it deadens people's appetites. And that I think is also one of the reasons why Almost every cabinet member of Trump grifted or did outrageous and illegal things, and it just passed right over. One of them, one of the most corrupt ever, Ryan Zinke, is now in Congress. And, and Ronnie Jackson. And right. Ronnie Ronnie Another Jackson, one is governor of Arkansas. Uh, right. Who is a right. disgrace. But it, it happens over and over again. And I think there's also this desire to show that you're being even handed. So you take, I mean, let's go back. 
the scandal of Barack Obama wearing a tan suit that got a huge amount of attention. Because if you have no scandals, you make them up so that you can show that you cover each side equally. And that's a problem here uh, as well. Now, I, I will say, uh, we don't know exactly what will emerge from all this. I have zero doubt that Biden had no idea what documents were involved in any of this. It may create a real problem for some of his vice presidential staffers. We know from reporting that was done, and we also know from the history of every presidency that the transition period when you're about to leave is absolutely chaotic. And one of the main reasons is you've got a White House chock full of things, documents and other things, and you're still in office until noon on January 20th. So you don't wanna pack everything up where you might need access to something. And then you rush to throw things into boxes and throw them somewhere. Uh, that's probably what happened here. We also know that, getting back to what David said, some of the stuff that's classified, we know is nonsensical, doesn't have to be classified. Some of it involves what might be a mild embarrassment to somebody. We know that in, among these documents that are uh, classified were memos sent to Vice President Joe Biden before he had a phone call with a foreign leader. Um, we also know that at least one of them was a memo he himself sent to the president, but it doesn't appear to be anything that's you know like top secret. So that's certainly a part of the problem here. We also know that the National Archives got in touch with Donald Trump's people because they knew that there were highly sensitive documents that were supposed to be there that were not. And they never got in touch with Joe Biden because there was nothing there that seemed missing. Uh, mm -hmm. So we've got a lot of undercurrent there. But having said that, and finally, there are so many unforced errors here on the part of the Biden lawyers and the Biden White House. We're now seeing stories emerge. I mean, one of the things, all right, they find these documents. They're just, you know, they're finally going through the stuff from four, five, six years ago to move them out of this office. And they uncover these things. They don't have classification. They wait until they can get somebody who does to actually look at them. They go by the book and immediately notify the National Archives. Great. All of that. Why did they not then immediately say, you know what? We got stuff in a lot of other places. Let's go search for them. Two months of a delay. Uh, to me is just inexplicable and it's created a bigger problem for them because it means the story gets repeated again and again and it was that i think that brought the uh request for a special counsel from the u.s attorney who'd been covering this so they made some unforced errors but none of that should take away from the reality that the press has played this up in a much bigger way than they uh should have made yeah. it in false equivalents even when they offer caveats, two or three iterations uh, down the road, and that it's completely taken away from the fact that inflation has all but gone away, that we have a Republican House that is going to send us off the cliff and potentially into a global depression or uh, worse, and that Trump is still stonewalling all of these other uh, uh, things that should be prosecuted. Whether you want to be more fit, be a better parent, or get more done at work, there's one thing that will help, and that's better sleep. With Miracle Made Sheets, you can tap into the power of self cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve sleep quality up to 34%. Miracle Sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands, and their sheets use silver infused fabrics originally developed by NASA. Miracle Made Sheets are thermoregulating and are designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. That means you'll get better sleep every night. Just imagine how great it feels getting better sleep every time you go to bed. Plus, they're self-cleaning thanks to their embedded natural silver that prevents 99.9% .9 of bacterial growth. They stay fresh and cleaner three times longer than other sheets. So stop sleeping on bacteria and forget about unpleasant odors. With Miracle Brand Sheets, you can sleep comfortably knowing you'll have fewer clogged pores, fewer breakouts, and other skin problems. There's really nothing like the benefits of 
sleeping through the night deeply. So go to trymiracle.com slash Mary to try it today. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Save over 40% and be sure to use my promo code Mary at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in their product that it's back with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Mary and use the code Mary to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40%. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Mary to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. You can also find the link in our show notes. I want to get back to you, yeah. Karen, for a second, um, because I think, uh, you know, your framing of this is, is absolutely correct. And and I, I think that 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 might be where where we need to jump off from at where where Norm ended. In other words, the double standards between. Uh, the way Democrats have to behave and the way Republicans are allowed to behave are insane. Um, I mean, we've seen this time and time again. And by their manipulating a system that is quite honestly rigged in their favor, whether it's it's the uh, <laughs> the way the United States government uh, has been constructed or it's the media, um, they they manipulate that uh, to grab attention to to focus attention away from, and it kind of reminds me of this perpetual bind we're in. You know, we'll we'll have these arguments where people will say, uh, you know, instead of spending almost a trillion dollars a year on defense, we should spend that on infrastructure, on education, on. Um, social programs so children don't have to ha get bills for school lunches which is the most one of the most obscene things but the truth of the matter is karen that if we spend 800 billion instead of a trillion that 200 billion dollars is not going no. to the issues that really matter and that's kind of that's what always makes you feel like our hands are tied behind behind our back and that there's this log jam of of real important issues that don't get addressed and and don't get taken care of well primarily you know to norm's point uh first of all uh there is no journalism in america period full stop it's all propaganda and it's all clicks and algorithms built to get uh money because uh journalism is failing uh yeah. let's let's just be honest about that and the fact that you know you brought in cnn which on an average maybe gets a million people viewing at any point in time is they're irrelevant and i feel like the regular folk the regular ass folk that are in them streets that are going getting up every day going to work are concerned about you know um the future you know and, and the economy and all of the things that the media uh has you know ratcheted up this fear uh this government forced recession that we're heading into um you know it just i feel like so many of us are out of touch we're not listening. We're not listening. And people don't care. They don't care about Trump's documents. They don't really care about Biden's documents. They care about what it looks like and how they feel, period. And we have not spoken to that. We use way too many words to, to, to deliver messages, which the Republicans have been really good at dumbing things down because there's a lot of dummies. You know, so they use, you know, single syllables to say what needs to be said, and it resonates. And they've understood yeah. because your uncle's been doing this this uh, misinformation campaign for a long time. Now he's running to social media. Like he lived long enough for his one, two, three ABC messaging to actually have a landing spot called yes. social media. And it's a perfect storm. It's not going away. I think it's going to swell into something even worse. And if he runs again, he probably will win. And that's the truth. So what are we going to do about it? Like, let's back into that. Like, how do you stop that? Well, we're going to have to start planning my memorial service if that's the case, because I don't think I can handle it. I seriously don't. Uh, Danielle, um, and, and, you know, it's not that I disagree with what Kara just said. It's just psychologically and emotionally unfathomable <laughs> that we continue to go down these roads and yet we do i mean we see 
we see how it works in Florida and we see how it works in Ohio. And, and again, you know, I don't, I don't know that I totally agree that CNN, so things like CNN are relevant because there is this, this idea that, uh, you know, if the political class is focused on something, right, then that does reverberate. Um, I'm not saying that it, it does anybody any good, but I, I'm saying that it keeps attention focused in a particular way of the people who actually have power to do things. So instead of uh, really thinking about issues that matter to people, they're focused on. And, and also, I think that, that Donald's documents do matter, but that's that's more because of history, but also if they if they did and if they were used and if they were used as the evidence of the alleged crimes he's committed, he wouldn't be able to run. Am I Danielle, am I being too uh, I don't know, unrealistic? I'm going to apologize for my neighbors who convene with their dogs downstairs. <laughs> you just may have heard me click off mute and then there's barking. Yeah, um, only, only our pets are allowed to the show. Right. Um, so uh, first uh, one, hi, everybody. And, um, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of what Karen says resonates with me, which is that journalism is dead, right? Meaning the art of journalism, journalism being the fourth estate and the check and the balance um, and the arbiter of information to the people is not where we are anymore and hasn't been for a very long time. And I right. think that the 2016 election, you know, accelerated disinformation with the help of uh, Putin and friends um, to have America not trust any of these formerly trusted entities. When we look, right, when you look at the viewership, to Karen's point of a CNN and an MSNBC, their most highly rated shows, and you match that up against Tucker Carlson and who is listening to Steve Bannon's show and who's listening to Alex Jones's show, they don't hold a fucking candle, right? And so what we have to understand is what 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 regular people go to as their source of information is no longer the same. I get more views on TikTok videos than some shows on these cable news networks get. That's terrifying. But it also means where are we having the conversations that need to be had, right? Because if we're just looking at these cable news and, and, and the ABCs and the CBSs, to be what they once were, we're going to continue to fail the people. And I mean, we, we as in those people that are interested in the truth and interested in disseminating the truth need to go where the people are and present yeah. our information in formats that the people want to receive their information in now. That's number one. And that is a place that I think that Democrats as a whole really suffer. Yeah. Right. And in comparison to our Republican counterparts, because I believe that Republicans don't care, right? So we know that they don't let the truth get in the way of a good lie. So right. they, so they're not, you know, uh, uh, handcuffed in that in that way. However, for us, we love history and we love to be verbose, and we believe that people care as much about the bullshit that we talk about on a regular basis as we do. And so again, we kind of have to come down to the place of recognizing what is the there there and what actually does matter. Um, and what do people really care about? Because look, what I believe that people care about in terms of the document scandal is if we present it in a way of a double standard, not the double standard between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, but the double standard between the average American and those that are rich, cis, hetero, and powerful and well-connected. Because mm -hmm. we are at a time, I believe, in our society, both in this country and globally, where people are asking questions about capitalism. They are really wondering why I'm spending more than half my life grinding away and working for barely being able to make it. And the Donald Trumps of the world are able to skate through on my back. And if it is presented in that way, not about documents, but just like, if you had one document, you know, as a Danielle Moody and the FBI came in and had asked for that document, where do you think I'd be broadcasting from? You know, somebody's correctional system. 
right? So like that is what we need to be identifying. It's not that you should care how I care and what I care about, but what you should care about is that if this were you, right? No one would even be having this conversation because you'd be under somebody's jail cell. And is that fair? Because that's what your tax tax dollars are going to fund. They're going to fund your own restriction. They're going to fund your own oppression. And let us be having those conversations, right? And pushing it out with these these different various media platforms so that the people can reach it. Yeah, and Dan- Danielle, there are many good questions there. One is, uh, can you please teach me how to TikTok? Because I don't know. What, what do I know? <laughs> I'm, I'm Gen X. You have to dance. <laughs> well, then that's not happening. <laughs> um, so, Norm, I, I think so much of, of what Danielle said is also resonates because I think part of what we're, we're dealing with here is the not just the, the crumbling of our institutions, but the fact that some of them seem to be committing you know, uh, suicide or something because journalism, yeah, you know, yes, there are journalists, but journalism as, as the fourth estate just basically jumped off a cliff when it decided that having the free leader of the free world, uh, basically put journalists in harm's way, uh, to claim that news is fake and not to be trusted. Um, Instead of fighting back, they rolled over, mm-hmm. uh, leading to uh, in not just that, but that's one of the reasons we find ourselves in this very precarious position where uh, what is upholding uh, truth and what what is uh, the mechanism for making sure that the American people have the facts in front of them, them there's that. And then again, um, you know, we, we talk about the double standards of allowing uh, literal seditionists to continue to serve in this government, which I, I'm sorry, I, that's unsustainable. Um, and, you know, I, again, it does seem like there, there are moments of crisis that help the American people understand uh or recognize the scope of a problem maybe they had the privilege of not having to pay attention to like suddenly um you know when you see uh, somebody worth 200 billion dollars be able to <laughs> buy a social media platform destroy it lose 100 billion dollars in the process but still have 100 billion dollars you might start to wonder like why we allow their billionaires to exist for example um because we all time- want to be them so they're, they're there as aspiration, right? They're there as the dangling carrot. And I remember sitting yeah. in the Daily News uh, on the editorial board and a thing called Huffington Post came uh, and I started to watch the newsroom get divvied into this section called digital. Uh, I remember my, my news section started to dwindle and digital took off. And Ariana Huffington, I don't recall her being a, you know, a stellar journalist, but I do recall her um, giving people bylines that weren't journalists and not paying them. And I said, oh, this is a problem because yeah. now anybody and anybody with uh, a name can go and say anything and have a platform because it's all about the clicks and the algorithms and the advertising. And then she went and sold that for a lot of money. But this is not about Trump. Trump is a symptom of a a 20 year, maybe 25 year drumbeat into the space that we're in right now. And he is the baby. He's the product of us. We, the people destroying the, the one thing that would keep us whole, you know, real journalism. And we allowed that. We allowed that. So now we can't put that genie back in the bottle. And I don't know where we go from here. I teach it. I teach it in vain every semester at Hunter College. I teach journalism and I tell my students, I don't know what world you're going to go into, but I'm going to teach you how it's supposed to be done. I'm going to teach you what ethics are. We're going to be, you know, exploring the algorithms of oppression and we're going to be bringing in Ed Ed Bernays and propaganda. And we're going to talk about all of the ways in which we are every day misinformed. And my challenge to my students is don't, do what everyone else is doing, which is go for the check. I, every journalist that I see right now trying to get a TV show, 
somewhere. They care more about that. And we don't have any investigating. We had a whole section of the Daily News, investigative reporters. We had an international bureau. That all went away because you can make more money on this clickbait. Headlines, easy, quick stories, yeah. whether they're true or not, no one cared. And we didn't care enough to say this is this is a problem. So it is tenable. You say it's untenable. It's tenable. We're, well, we're good. I, I mean, I mean, it's untenable if we want to continue to uh, have the hope of if we want to keep the hope of becoming a democracy alive, it's untenable, yeah. but it's totally tenable. I mean, it's, you're right. It's a dorm. This is the reality right now. And um, what is sort of unnerving about it is that, um, you know, as Karen said, this has been going on for at least a quarter of a century. I would, I would go back even, yeah. even, even, even further, but um, <laughs> there are things that can be done. Uh, to to uh, ch change the tide, but they require serious investment in, for example, local newspapers and local news stations that aren't owned by monopolies like Sinclair, uh, for example. It requires um, teaching things like media literacy and critical thinking and civics to children starting in kindergarten and making it a, a part, an integral part of the curriculum throughout their 12 years of secondary school. It requires also, um, I mean, I think we missed the boat on this, but like the fact that the founders didn't see fit to come up with a, a, a bill of responsibilities is, is really coming back to bite us. So um, what, are, what are the short-term uh, so potential? Let me look at, there are, I think, three components here. One is the one that you and Karen were just talking about, which is uh, the distortions of social media uh, and new media that includes misinformation, disinformation, and lots of economic incentives to do so. And the fact that uh, multi-billionaires can now buy into a media uh, ecosystem and dominate significant parts of it. That's one part of, uh, of a problem. A second part, also something that Karen was talking about, is in some ways the blurring between uh, news and opinion um, that I think we see on cable news all the time now. And it is you bring on these panels and you have panels that include journalists and uh, they're always called Democratic or Republican strategists, which means absolutely nothing. But uh, I actually take this back to, of all people, David Broder. David Broder was the premier political journalist of his time at the Washington Post. And then he, uh, the, the Post enabled him to do an opinion column. And Broder uh, said, look, I have my opinions, but I can separate that out completely from what I do when I'm a reporter. But it began to blur those lines. And then we got the McLaughlin Group and other shows. And uh, as Karen was saying, all of a sudden, if you, uh, uh, you get, you're poorly paid as a journalist, but if you go on television, you're going to get speaking engagements. And the more opinionated you are, the more likely you are to make more money. And it destroyed a lot, I think, of the integrity of the news business. But then comes the third part, which to me is the most uh, insidious and invidious, and that is the mainstream press. Donald Trump for four years and his successors now continue to call them the enemy of the people, which we can reiterate, a phrase that Stalin originated as a way of justifying the murder of large numbers of people. Khrushchev, when he became the uh, Russian leader, banned its use because it was too dangerous. Here you have a press corps that ought to know that if they continue down the path they've been going, of legitimizing the illegitimate, of normalizing the abnormal, of bending over backwards to show that you're fair, which means that you distort the reality of it, uh, that they're going to be the first ones who are uh, marched out and destroyed in the process. And we're going to see this happen more and more. Ron DeSantis, who's gone after Disney now and is trying to undercut them, Believe me, he will start to go after uh, journalists who attack him, and he'll try and use 
the tax code and other ways of doing it. If uh, Donald comes back, that's precisely what he'll do for those he doesn't like and he'll intimidate them. But this idea, which does go back a couple of decades at least, this fear of mainstream journalists of being labeled as having a liberal bias. So they bend over backwards and the genius of the right to be able to use that to force them into ridiculous behavior and the way in which they frame the news and also decide what's important and not. And they, you know, the, I think the only term you could use is there'll be at least a few journalists who will write in lipstick on the mirror, stop us before we kill again. <laughs> but they're going to continue to murder reality with what they do. And it's editors uh, and it's producers. Um, you know, we have uh, the new head of CNN uh, saying, you know, I'm going to completely uh, change the way we do things. But the way I'm going to change it is to have credible people on both sides who can argue and then the public can decide, which is a fallacy that goes way back in journalism. The idea that it's like the law and you right. have a, a defense attorney and a prosecutor and the public is the jury. It only confuses things and they're moving exactly in the wrong direction. And then we have another reality. I watched Chuck Todd interview Ron Johnson on Sunday. To his credit, he pushed back significantly. Why would you put a criminal liar like Ron Johnson and give him the legitimacy of airtime on Meet the Press? And then you see these other people, including those who were participants in the insurrection. Just because they're members of Congress doesn't mean that you have to give them airtime. And most of that airtime, especially on all the Sunday shows, they say things that are lies and distortions and projection. That's their big thing is projection and everything. And they go unchallenged. This is malpractice, but with worse consequences than much of the medical malpractice. It's true. Yeah. And it, Karen, it legitimizes them in a way to voters who, as as you rightly say, either don't have the bandwidth to be, you know, paying attention to to what a bunch of people are saying on a panel on CNN that serves no purpose other than getting people paychecks, I guess. I don't really know what the purpose of CNN is. Um, and it it makes it I think it it, it makes it easier for people to default into their camp um, because nothing gets, nothing gets challenged. And, and again, the, you know, the, um, the real issues are ignored in favor of uh, the things that, you know, rile people up on the right. Yeah. I mean, you know, Norm laid out everything and, you know, as, as I'm listening to him, as I'm sitting here, Again, you know, every day I come to my radio show with the hope of, you know, of course, informing, but also shifting the paradigm, shifting the, the, the temperament, shifting people's minds just a little bit to want to empower themselves. Because really, government, you know, the president of the United States has, you know, an impact on us, but not a great impact on our day to days, local politics, right? But we don't show up for those local political uh, races in the numbers that we should. And then we get people who don't, who are, you know, taking handouts and lobbyists are coming in. It's just, you know, our system is broken. And, you know, to your point, Mary, I don't know if we do have a democracy. I don't know if we deserve this. This thing has been a, a lie from the beginning. So maybe it's time for it to be completely shattered and let's build a, the more perfect union that the quote unquote founding fathers talked of starting with all of us, including mm -hmm. all of us, I, not three-fifths compromise, not the electoral college. Let's blow that up because it's rooted in slavery. Let's have a conversation about slavery uh, and, and the impact that it had on this economy. Let's talk about it like intelligent adults and not to besmirching, well, my people didn't own people. That's not the point. The system was rooted in it. We look right. at police in LA, taser right. killing people, you know, uh, all over the country, not just in LA, but like, is this what we want? Is this how we want this country? Like we need to have a new constitution yeah. and, and start from scratch because it feels like, you know, there's a scripture about old wine and new wine skin. We keep trying to make this thing work when 
it's not. It's broken beyond repair, I think. I, I'm all for starting over. Uh, you know, uh, and Danielle Karen just referenced Keenan Anderson, who was murdered by police officers for having committed the crime of his car breaking down and asking police officers for help um, while black. Uh, and, and I think that is, that's part of this, the systemic, the continuing unchanging systemic horrors that have never been addressed because it's going to hurt a bunch of white children's feelings. If they learn the realities of chattel slavery and, and what we did to the native population. And I think because the, the approach is always, well, you know, then that that means I need to take responsible for some responsibility for something I didn't do. Uh, we end up in the situation where CRT, critical race theory, which most people don't even know what it is, gets gets baselessly attacked and used as a wedge. Uh, and Danielle, as you said in the the private chat, the same thing will happen. <laughs> if we try to teach media literacy to children because we're challenged, the people we need to challenge are the people who have the power. Um, so I, again, I, I think a, a new constitution would be great. Um, but the, the problem with the old one is that it created a system that's so rigged in favor of the people like the Republicans, uh, the current, uh, in its current incarnation, um, that they're, they have such an advantage in terms of staying in power. And it looks now like they might not just blow up the country, but the entire world economy um, while holding hostage pro the pro programs, the few programs we have in this country that actually make people's lives better. So a couple of things. Um, I believe that we are at um, the burning down portion of America. And I have said this for like several years. It was one of the impetuses for starting Woke AF um, is that, you know, the election of your uncle, I said on national television was white supremacy's last stand. I did not say how long that stand was going to take, but I said that it was the last one. Um, because you have to understand that no one is going to give up their power. They never do. You need to take it from them. And that is not, never something that has happened, not in this country or globally, that has ever been without acts of violence. Um, and that's where we are. I mean, I woke up this morning and the story about which had gained no national traction in any real way about the shootings that were happening in New Mexico's uh, New Mexico at the Democratic offices and homes of elected officials, and then come to find out, lo and behold, who was at the core of it? Oh, a man from the Republican Party that ran for office and lost significantly, decided to hire a bunch of people to shoot up the Democrats, right? Where could he have ever gotten that idea from? Maybe as he attended the January 6th, uh, stop the steal rally, maybe because he believes in everything that Donald Trump has said over the last several years since he came down that godforsaken escalator. The reality here is that like we can't pretend that words alone are going to stop the moment that we are in every single day. An unarmed black person is being killed for no other reason than being black, being picked off the street for no other reason than existing while black. Meanwhile, Right. You have that young man, high school teacher that is murdered by police officers for no reason than having the audacity to ask for help and think that his tax dollars go for his protection. And then you have insurrectionists that were able to try and attempt to overthrow our government violently. Go home. Right. And, and, yeah. and, and, and not be held accountable whatsoever. And so, you know, at some time, at some point in time, the exhaustion just gets real. And I think that people in America are getting very tired. They're getting very tired of the consistent rhetoric that like all we have to do is vote and all we have to do is make sure that the people that represent us will do good all the time on our behalf because they will not, that they care about the things that we care about because they do not, they care about their own power. And so I, I think that, you know, we are at a really scary point that I didn't think I would ever see in my lifetime. I knew was coming, right? But I just didn't think that I would be a part of it or this young when it happened, right? But like we're seeing 
these acts of violence become the new normal, right? And then no one being held accountable. Oh, well, the media is going to say, well, we can't say that Donald Trump actually directed blah, blah. Okay, so let's all play dumb, right? Let's all believe that none of the words that people say actually fall on the ears. There's another story that about a white woman who decided to stab a young Asian student in the head right? Multiple times over. That's another story that's not going to get real traction today because, and yelling, go back Chinese, right? Where are you getting, you know, where are these people getting the audacity from and the gall from elected officials who we decided not to hold accountable because of this bullshit constitution that was created when a whole millions of people were enslaved in this country. But you want to tell me to uphold that flag and that constitution? No, we're at a point in time where we need to reimagine and recreate and adjust to the times that we are living in and the old rules no longer apply. So my message to Democrats that happen to be elected officials is stop holding yourself to standards that no longer exist. How about you just tell the fucking unvarnished truth, right? Instead of using other people's euphemisms and trying to be above the fray. The fray is everywhere, right? We are literally in the sewer swimming right now. So unless we're going to tell the unvarnished truth, unless we're just going to be real with ourselves and each other about this demise that we're in, Right. We're just going to keep living in this make believe fiction of America being better than it is because it's not. And it, it never it never has been. Uh, you know, one of one of the most egregious. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, it was some trick, though, I've got to tell you, is it is during World War Two, American holding itself, America holding itself out as this beacon of democracy while, uh, you know, <laughs> the Jim Crow South was a closed fascist state. Uh, so it never has lived up to its potential, uh, which may or may not be real. And, you know, Norm, um, there's no, there is no, well, I was going to say there's no high road, but the high road is not lying, cheating and stealing, but being willing to get in the mud. And, and I think Democrats cede so much territory all the time by, as Danielle said, playing by rules that don't exist anymore because the Republican Party burned the rule book to ashes. And, you know, we see it everywhere, whether it's the new governor of New York, um, for reasons that are beyond my comprehension, yeah. uh, you know, putting in, uh, nominating a judge, no, no Democrat wants. Uh, and people like, um, you know, local officials, not pursuing prosecutions that they would for anybody else if they relate to, you know, some powerful white guy or um, attorneys general only, only appointing Republican special counsels or presidents only appointing Democratic presidents, only appointing Republicans to be heads of the FBI. I mean, we just we we can't keep seeding ground because then we have nowhere, no no footing um, on which to, to launch the battle that I that we all seem to agree is necessary in order to change uh, change the narrative and change the direction of where we're heading because it's a very dark road we're going down right now. You know, it's interesting that the special counsel uh, appointed by Merrick Garland in this uh, documents case is a hardcore movement conservative really hardcore movement conservative. And it's been in some ways hilarious to watch uh, some of the Trumpists attack him as some left-wing uh, plant. So if you're gonna get that by appointing a movement conservative, why not pick somebody else? It'll be the same uh, criticism. Exactly. Uh, but you know, one thing I have to say of uh, uh, what Danielle was, was talking about, this was going on for many, many decades in even worse form. Cops would kill black people and plant guns on them uh, to justify it. Nobody paid any attention to it in the broader public as a whole. It never got any news. Now, at least, thank goodness for the positive that comes from cell phone cameras and from the body cams. It's actually astonishing to me that some of these cops wearing the body cams will do 
the murders that they do, but it's because they know the likelihood is they're going to get off without any kind of a problem. And they're, at least we're getting some public attention paid to this, even if it is unpunished now, and it may bring some finally movement for reform of police uh, policing. Um, I will say on a more positive side, here in Washington yesterday, a man was having a terrible mental health crisis, assaulted a woman, police came, he spit on them, he tried to kick them, and they de-escalated it. They understood what was going on and dealt with it in a reasonable way. I'm deeply involved in uh, reform of the mental health and criminal justice system with a model that has emerged in Miami-Dade County from a remarkable judge named Steve Leifman. Anybody want to know about it? Uh, there's a documentary we did called The Definition of Insanity, doifilm.com. You can watch it, where police have been transformed down there to know to de-escalate. Now, it doesn't solve every problem, and you're still going to have police violence, uh, and it's much worse when it involves, the worst is if you have uh, a mental health crisis with a person of color. Yeah. Then the odds of a bad outcome go up astronomically. But I'm, you know, maybe we're going to start to see at least inch by inch a little bit of progress there. It doesn't take away from the larger point. And it doesn't take away from another larger point, which is uh, the lessons that are being learned. What happened in Brazil directly tied to Steve Bannon and his cronies. And you would hope that um, Brazil will not only uh, extradite uh, and, uh, and you know charge some of the Americans who tried to overthrow their government, but maybe extradite George Santos uh, for his uh, uh, criminal behavior in Brazil. We have more uh, likelihood of that happening than anything occurring here because his campaign finance violations go to a feckless federal election commission that's unlikely to do anything about it. And he was involved in this Ponzi scheme up to his eyeballs, and that was never prosecuted. Uh, you know, there's perhaps a tiny ray of hope that some good things will happen, but they're less likely to happen here than they are in Lulu's Brazil. Which is a, a shame, but I mean, but Lulu's Brazil also tells us that we, the people, have more power than we think. And I'm in yeah. your chat right now, and a lot of folk are just helpless. You know, they don't know what to do. And here's the good news. There's more good people than there are not in this country. I firmly believe that there are more yeah. amazing human beings than not. And so what is required is for us to stand up and not be in this corner of helplessness, worried about somebody's violence, worried about, you know, the crumbling economy and all of the things and get busy. Like we have control over this. And if Brazil showed us anything is that people rise up and they determine for themselves how they wanna be governed and how they want to live. And we cannot abdicate that to people who don't give a damn about anybody but themselves. So everybody listening, you know, you need to get out and do more. Those of you, and I feel like we're preaching to the choir. So folk are already doing things. Yeah. But we should encourage people yeah. to not be, you know, so helpless. There are two groups, I will say, there are some outside groups that are mobilizing now to take on the lies, to do what is harder for people inside government to do. One is called Facts First. Uh, another is Democracy Matters. Uh, mm. And uh, I think we're going to see at least an effort to pull the rock back and watch the maggots underneath coming from the outside that one hopes the mainstream media will not be able to ignore or brush aside and turn back into uh, more false equivalents. And maybe that will uh, alert a lot of those good people out there who don't pay a lot of attention to this or who are yeah. taken in by the way things are covered to what's really going on here. And yeah. if we get close to a default, um, well, it'll be clear who did it. And, and that's, that's, that's the thing. I mean, uh, first of all, I just, I do want to point out that Americans two elections in a row did, uh, did grab American democracy such as it is out of the draws of autocracy. So that's good, yeah. but we can't keep have in it. No. We can't keep being in a position of having to do that because people do kind of, you know, start losing hope or whatever. But 
we also seem to be uh, increasingly in this position where, you know, um, the thing that might save us is the other side doing something so horrific and egregious that, okay, then maybe we'll change so that they can't do it anymore. And yet, again, Karen, the problem is that it, the system is rigged in their favor. So, like, there's a reason that Republicans are in a position right now to threaten the economic safety, not just of the country, but of the entire planet. And it's because of you know, gerrymandering in New York. Most actually, it seems like that was like the, the final straw, the, the horrific situation in New York state that lost us four seats, which is just, just a kick in the teeth. Um, so it just, that doesn't seem tenable either. Like, yes. Okay. We'll just let Republicans destroy everything. So then maybe we can rise out of the ashes. I sit with this. Um, I contemplate this on a regular basis. You know, voting, showing up to vote is probably step nine or 10 in a 10 step power play. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, it's something you have to do. We all have to do it, even if we don't like, you know, the candidates, you know, Biden wasn't my first, second or third choice either. But I voted for him because it's seventh. It's, <laughs> It's defense, right? I mean, we got to play defense. We have to play offense. And it does feel like we have to do everything while they sit back and do nothing. And yep. they elect people who barely have a high school diploma. Ah. But if we want to have the world, I, I, I challenge my listeners to create the world that they want to live in. You know, we have to take responsibility. Everyone lives somewhere. How's your neighborhood? What's it like in your household? You know, and once you start to have those little wins, the bigger wins, you know, it becomes kind of a groundswell. We're not going to get top down change. It's going to come from us, all of us, making the decision that we will not tolerate this. And it mm -hmm. also means that we have to hold ourselves accountable. A lot of times we kind of let things go because we want things to be let go in our lives. We don't want to be held accountable. So, if, you know, you get away with it and I can get away with it. Oh, a little Ponzi scheme over there. Maybe I can get away with this. Why are we always trying to get away with something or get over? Always trying to get get over and, and scheme when it's so much better just to be neighborly, to be in community, to help one another, to do. I mean, truthfully, it feels so much better to live in that world than the one in which we got to always keep one eye open. And I just I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm still optimistic despite everything, because I get to talk to amazing people every day. And they let me know that there are more good people than there are bad. We just got to speak up. The silent majority can no longer be quiet. Like, show up. Right. And and Norm, that's that's been that's been a problem for a while now. I, I think again because being in the majority is not necessarily an advantage if the tyranny of the minority is in place, which it, it has been. Uh, I mean, we're, we see that in the Senate every day, pretty much. Um, but there is, there is a lot to be gained from reminding ourselves of that. Uh, you know, Karen said it, it's not that just that there are more of us on the, the left, there are more people who are kind, who, who want better for other people. Um, and, and we need to focus on that, too, because otherwise it does feel like screaming into the void. Absolutely. But I'll tell you one thing that really uh, makes me nervous. And this, uh, you know, shooting set of incidents uh, out west um, is a part of it. We have a lot of surveys that show that a third uh, or more of Republicans uh, believe that violence is appropriate if your way of life is threatened. And there are 400 million guns out there, uh, including a whole large number of assault weapons, and they have most of them. Um, and, you know, uh, the good people um, who do outnumber the bad people, uh, that's great. But if it turns into uh, violence, uh, our good people are going to be sitting on the sidelines for the most part. So I'm not sure what we do about that. Uh, but we get your gun license and go to the range. Like, yeah. I'm not advocate. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm for everyone. Uh, I, the hell, I joined the NRA just to see what kind of literature and get their cheesy bag. But I wanted to see what they were putting out there, and they are weakened. You know, yes, they're yep. 
hundred, you know, those folk have hundreds of guns, but they can, anyway, I'm not going to get into that, but yes, um, I'm an advocate for everybody. You know, um, you know, I don't like guns either, but I've been to the gun range myself, full disclosure. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate, but I feel like they don't get any, don't give them any ground. I'm not giving evil any ground. You're not getting any ground in the world that I live in. Yeah, I, it is. It's a very, really tricky uh, issue because I hate guns. Um, I mean, I know how to shoot them. I did riflery as a child. Uh, it's a pretty good shot, too. Um, but I hate them. And, uh, you know, as a, as a lifelong New Yorker, I think it's sort of built into our DNA to, to be just, you know, not want to be anywhere near guns, which is why the Supreme Court decision, which basically said states have no right to make their own gun laws, was so de devastating. Um, but beyond that, um, I think, you know, people need to be prepared, however they need to be prepared, right? Um, the other mission, though, and, and this one is, is much trickier, especially since I, it's, you know, you and I, Karen, probably don't have a lot of people listening to us who, uh, uh, and Norm, you and Kavita probably either, uh, you know, who, who are on the other side of things, uh, you know, so, so I don't know if we could reach them necessarily, but it is in, in helping other people who would be resistant to this understand what it, what that means to take up arms to defend your way of life and i would say to those people like what is what way of life is being threatened first of all and and secondly um the people you continue to empower are the people who are trying to take away your way of life <laughs> that or, or your life period because i mean yeah. climate change and uh all that uh all that stuff so I mean, that's complete. We're sort of going off on this uh, a tangent that would require an entire other show. Yeah. Um, but I, I so appreciate uh, your willingness to just dig in. This is um, this was the imp this was the conversation that needed to be had and uh, that needs to be had on a regular basis. And it requires of all of us uh, some courage you know, to, to be wrong, to admit we're wrong, to um, make sure that other people don't keep going down the wrong road if we can help in terms of that. And, and just, you know, being out there at, and not wavering. Um, now that doesn't mean driving yourself into the ground. If you need to tap out, tap out as uh the amazing Jane Fonda once said to me, I was on her fire drill Friday show once a couple of years ago. She said, it's because I think I said it's a marathon, not a sprint. And she said, no, it's actually a relay race. I'm like, yes, it's a relay race. So if you need to tap out, pass the baton to somebody else. But we're always here for you guys. Uh, Norm and Karen do such extraordinary work. Thank you. Um, you should all be listening, listening to them following them um because honestly it it isn't it's not easy uh to go up against it especially Karen you do a show every day it's like wow <laughs> so thank you both uh Norm as always uh for being a nerd adventure Danielle Moody and Karen Hunter it's such an honor to have you here um your contribution is is enormous so Thank you for that. And if you have any, uh, Back at you, Mary. yes, thank yes. you. Um, and Karen, just as we end is if there's any, any note you want to end on, if you want to fill people in on how to follow you, uh, right on Twitter uh, uh, or what have you. Yeah. I'm at Karen Hunter real, real simple on Twitter and Sirius XM, uh, three to six Monday through Friday channel One Twenty Six, which is urban view. The whole entire channel is amazing. So I want to just say that we even have sure Michael, who's a gun toting Republican on, oh, cool. on, uh, he's kicking off his new show on, on Saturdays live, uh, oh, in cool. a couple of weeks. So yeah, that's that. But I, I wanted to say one thing. Um, the, the optimism here is that people who need a hundred guns are really scared. Right. Uh, and really, really um, insecure about themselves yeah. and they haven't put a whole lot of work. We're so much better than that. So yeah. I, that's my encouragement. You, you, anybody that needs all of that, 
how small are they? And I'm not just talking about uh, the toadstool that your uncle has. <laughs> oh, I just need, need to always bring that in because it's fun. On that note. <laughs> and yeah, if they have 100 guns, they can still only use one at a time. Uh, yeah. and, and we are better than that. So, you know, guys, don't be afraid. Um, our our right, anger is righteous. Yes. So let's put, put it to the best possible use. Again, Norm, Karen, thank you so much for being here. Uh, this is a great show. I, I so appreciate both of you. Thank you. Yeah. Take care. Thank you, Mary. Nice to meet you, Norm. Good to meet you too, Karen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Karen Hunter is extraordinary. She made this conversation so much better than it would have been if I had kept going down the road I was going on. So I really appreciate that. And of course, uh, to my Nerd Avengers, Danielle Moody and Norm Ornstein, uh, it was great to have them as well. Uh, just a reminder that uh, this Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific at Politicon's YouTube channel, that's youtube.com slash Politicon. We are going to have an Ask Mary Anything Within Reason. Emphasis on within reason, please. Um, and then Friday, our second edition of The House of Horrors, uh, which we had a lot of fun with. And I believe our nerds this week are Danielle and Jen. Um, hopefully we'll find something to talk about that's happening in the House of Representatives, but who knows? Anyway, that's it. Uh, that's Friday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash Politicon. And of course, next Tuesday, we will be back with another Nerd Avengers. Uh, Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, youtube.com slash Politicon. And while you're on YouTube, uh, Politicon's YouTube channel, please subscribe uh, to Politicon like the episode you can comment there if you didn't catch it live and you could oh, wrong one you could also click on that button that way uh you will be alerted every time a new video drops uh again starting starting to do more quick hits again because one i really like doing them and and you guys seem to like uh see, watching them uh so what else oh yeah uh, you can listen to the show in podcast form at Apple or anywhere you get your podcast. Five-star reviews would be much appreciated. They really help other people find the show. And I think that does it. I'm going to go uh, watch the Australian Open as I've been doing obsessively despite the egregious time difference. Um, and we will see you Thursday night, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific for an Ask Mary Anything Within Reason. In the meantime, please... Stay safe and be kind.